Hello and welcome once again to Good Shepherd in Gainesville, Georgia's limited edition Lenten podcast titled Encounter Jesus. Apologize, it's been a few days since we've posted a podcast. As you can imagine, it's been sort of a busy week, but today we'll resume this series as we look at our divine service and all of its different parts and explain the meaning and significance of each part of our worship service, but also how that part of the worship service applies to our everyday lives. This podcast is meant to be devotional, and so it will begin with an invocation, a prayer, a reading from Scripture, a couple thoughts for devotion, and a couple questions for application. Today we talk about the part of the service called the Sanctus, where we sing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. We begin with the invocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, we have no use for holiness in our lives. Or at least, Lord, that's how we've lived. We've lived without considering your will and what you've called us to do and how you have set us apart to be your people. You are a God that is different from all other gods because you actually are true to your character. You are holy, you are pure, you are righteous. And Lord, when we come into your presence, we recognize that we are none of those things. But we pray, Lord, that like the prophet Isaiah, you would cleanse us of all of our sins, lift us back up on our feet, saying, get up. And now as your servants, you would tell us to go out. Amen. Reading from Isaiah chapter 6 beginning at verse 1. And the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitant, and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste. And the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again, like a terebinth or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. 
We've been talking about how our worship is like God drawing us deeper and deeper into his house and closer and closer to him. Hence our title, Encounter Jesus. In worship, we encounter Jesus as he draws us near to himself. And now we're getting to the highest point in the service, the, the Lord's Supper. And just before the Lord's Supper, we sing these words that the angels sang in Isaiah's vision. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And on Sunday, we talked about this as we also contemplated Palm Sunday, the day that the Lord did enter into Jerusalem and go to his temple and appear there. There's a lot of similarities, actually, between these texts. For one, Isaiah has this vexing message that he's supposed to preach, and the content of the message isn't the problem. That makes sense, at least. I mean, it's difficult to hear, but it makes sense. Uh, Isaiah is preaching to a stubborn, unrepentant people, and so he is going to preach a message of God's judgment. Now, it's a difficult message, but not surprising as far as its content goes, considering the fact that, well, the people have been rebellious, and they haven't heard and they've refused to listen. But but the part that's difficult, or at least vexing, is the fact that this message is supposed to have an effect upon the people that won't lead them to repentance. That as Isaiah preaches what God is going to do in his judgment of Israel, we read in verse 10 that it will make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and their eye and blind their eyes so that they won't see with their eyes or hear with their ears or understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And we find Jesus doing this very same thing because after he enters into Jerusalem, he's going to spend much of the week teaching. And a lot of that time is going to be spent speaking in parables so that those who hear Jesus won't understand, see, or heal, or hear, or turn and be healed. How long is a message like that supposed to be preached? Well, God says until the work is done. He says until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is a desolate waste and the Lord removes people far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land until Israel is destroyed and until its people are scattered like ashes across a lake. That's the truly vexing part. But God would remember his promises. You see, the holy seed is its stump. That God would would take this people of Israel and, and cast them out. They would be carried away in exile, kicked out of the land. The cities would be destroyed and then burned again just for just for good measure. But then the world would take note of how God remembers his promises and how out of the rubble he can call a people to himself and rebuild an entire nation. And the world would be in awe of a God who is true to his word, both in terms of judgment and in terms of his promises. And also, that destruction that falls upon Jerusalem will also fall upon Jesus, the Holy One of God. He will fall to his knees in the Garden of Eden under the weight of sin that has been laid upon him under the pressure of God's judgment, and he will pray that this cup of suffering be taken from him, but not his will be done, but God's will.
this Jesus, the Holy One of God, enters into Jerusalem and he is cut down time and time again by the fists of soldiers. He is cut down in judgment, even though the accusations are totally false. He's weighed down by chains and he stumbles underneath the weight of the cross and finally he is stripped of every shred of dignity and nailed to the cross. But this Jesus, he himself is the holy seed. He bears the punishment of destruction for Israel, for all of God's people. And as this holy seed is buried in the earth, laid in a tomb, we marvel at how Jesus rises again and how a new people are made, how we are made. How when we come into the holy presence of God, we no longer tremble out of fear, but instead we take even the song of angels on our lips and sing, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. A couple questions for application as we wrap up. First of all, as we enter into Holy Week, or I should say continue our journey into Holy Week, how have we forgotten the holiness of God? And what sins do we need to repent of? And secondly, in what ways do we come into God's holy presence in worship and also even in our daily lives? And how can we give thanks that we are not destroyed by the presence of God? but rather we are healed and restored. We thank you once again for joining us for this limited edition podcast. Our Holy Week services are tonight, Monday, Thursday at 7 p.m., Good Friday at 7 p.m. For Easter, we have an outdoor sunrise service that is at 7.30 a.m., and we'll have a brunch in between, and then a 10.30 a.m. service in our sanctuary. God's blessings to you as you journey to the cross and to the resurrection.